Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. This past Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, what a glorious day that was when he walked out of that tomb. But before we get to the resurrection, we must look at the reason. The reason why he died, Mark 10, 45, the Bible says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I owed a debt that I could not pay. If you're here today, if you're alive, if you've not accepted Christ, you too owe a debt. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, there is none righteous, no Not one. Your good works, your good deeds, they will never be enough to do away with the sins that you have committed, the sins of lying, the sins of pride, the sins of lust. You will never do enough good deeds, enough good things to pay the price for your sins. By one man's sin entered into the world, we have inherited a sin debt. There is none righteous except our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. I believe that he lived a perfect life. I believe that there was no sin. There was no guile. There was nothing found wrong in him. I believe he was the perfect, perfect spotless lamb. I don't believe he ever struggled with pride. I don't believe he ever told a lie. I don't believe that he ever lusted. I believe our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just as the Bible says, I believe he was Perfect. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus Christ was sinless. He was spotless. Why was he made to be sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He satisfied, he satisfied God's holiness. He satisfied God's righteousness. Romans 5 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the price for our sins. I want you to imagine the disciples, the followers of Jesus, as they watched him, as they watched him do all the miracles, as they watched him preach, all the great things he done. But imagine the Last days as they watched him beaten, as they watched him mocked, as they watched him hung on a cross and they watched him die. Imagine the ladies were getting ready to look at. Imagine as they laid there that night, that Sabbath night, as they waited for that daybreak to be, for the Sabbath to be over so they could go to the tomb to anoint the body of our Savior. Imagine as they cried, as they thought about all the things that they had seen, all the things they had done, but oh, they loved him. They loved him so they wanted at least to do one more good deed, one more thing to honor him. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse number one, and when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, Who shall roll away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. 
ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall he say, so ye see him. As he said unto you, he had told them that he had rise. Isn't it something how, how his people, his followers didn't remember? They didn't for a moment. They might have had a little bit of doubt, but the Romans, they they sealed the tomb. They rolled a stone in front of it because they knew that he had said that he would rise. And I want you to think about the great resurrection, the glorious resurrection of our Savior as he walked out of that tomb by the power that lieth within him. Nobody had to tell him to get up. Nobody had to knock on the door. I don't believe the stone was rolled out of the way so he could get out. It was rolled out of the way so we could get in. And when it come time by the power, what the power? what is the power? The power is his word. He said he would. And because he said he would, when it was time, he walked out of that tomb on the third day. Jesus told Martha, in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. As he raised Lazarus from the dead, he gave us a picture of what he would do and what he can do for us. He can raise us from the deadness of our trespasses and sins. He can raise our bodies if we go by way of the grave before the rapture. We know that Jesus Christ has the power in Romans 4.25, the Bible says he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Jesus Christ had to come out of that tomb alive or he would be as any other man. Oh, thank God we don't serve a dead Savior. Thank God we don't serve a dead God. I'm glad that we serve a living, a living and breathing Savior. I'm glad that people saw him walk on the earth. In 1932, a pastor in California named Alfred Akeley met a Jewish man to whom he began witnessing. But the man resisted the Christian faith, saying, Why should I worship a dead Jew? That statement played on Alfred's mind as he prepared his Easter Sunday message. Rising early to prepare for the day, Alfred flipped on the radio as he shaved and was astonished to hear a famous liberal preacher in New York say, Good morning. It's Easter. You know, folks, it really doesn't make any difference to me if Christ be risen or not. As far as I am concerned, his body could be as dust in some Palestinian tomb. The main thing is his truth goes marching on. Alfred wanted to fling the radio across the room. It's a lie, he exclaimed. His wife rushed into the bathroom asking, why are you shouting so early in the morning? Didn't you hear what that good-for-nothing preacher said? Alfred replied. That morning, Ackley preached with great vigor on the reality of Christ's resurrection. And he did the same at the evening service, but later that night he was still exercised over his friend's question in the morning's radio sermon. Listen here, Alfred Ackley. His wife said at last, it's Time you did that, which you can do best. Why don't you write a song about it? And then maybe you'll feel better. Alfred went to his study, opened the Bible, and reread the resurrection account from Mark's gospel. A thrill went through him as he began writing the words to, He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. 
A few minutes later, he is at the piano putting it to music, not dreaming it would become one of the church most triumphant hymns. If you look in a red-backed hymnal, it's page number 188. We sung it this past Sunday morning. He lives. He lives. I'm glad Christ lives. I'm glad he is alive. In the book of Luke, chapter 24, two of the disciples are walking and talking about all they experienced and how they heard Jesus Christ has risen. In verse number 36, we pick it up. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed him his, his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it, and he did eat. Before then they saw our Savior eat. They saw him, they touched him. And someday, Someday when I get to heaven, I get to touch my glorious Savior. I'm glad he is truly alive. And because of that, we can have rest. We can rest in him as our Savior. In Genesis 1.31, the Bible says that God saw everything he had made and that it was good. And on the first Sabbath ever, he rested. Over 4,000 years later in John 19.30, Jesus said, It is finished and gave up the ghost. Do you realize, do you realize that he again rested on the Sabbath day? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We can rest in him. He showed us we can rest. It is finished. The price is paid. I don't have to worry about my sins. I don't have to worry about what my works are going to be good enough to get me to heaven. Praise God, I can I can do good. I can try to do right. I can serve God. It'll never be enough to pay for my salvation, but I can do it. I can do it to honor and to love the one that paid the price, that paid it all for me. I don't have to worry. I can rest. I can rest in Him. Praise God. There is rest in Christ Jesus. The reality, the reality, if you read Luke, Chapter 24, again, verse number 46, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. We have a responsibility to be a witness of the things Christ has done. I want you to see first the repentance. The repentance. Repentance is the relinquishment of any practice from conviction that it has offended God. Luke thirteen three says, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. But I'm glad for first John chapter one, verse number nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that is the remission praise god acts ten forty three says whosoever believeth in him 
shall receive remission of sins. I'm glad for the forgiveness made possible by my Savior. I'm glad I can rest in Him. I'm glad I can rest in the resurrection. I'm glad I can rest in the price that He has paid. We have a reality, a reality, and that is that we must accept Christ and we must tell others about Christ. We must lead others to Him for salvation. If you don't know Him today, if you don't know Him today, I, I would challenge you. I would challenge you. I would hope, I would pray that you would stop and you would take time and you would call on the Lord Jesus Christ. God says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God says in Romans 5.12, Whereby, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed unto all men for that all have sinned. God says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Romans 5.8, God offers you life. In Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God says in Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Won't you trust Him today? Won't you put your trust and your faith in Him? And you too can experience that great rest that we've experienced. Amen. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that it has excited and encouraged you as Christians. If you're listening and you're lost, I pray that God would deal with you. I pray that you would accept Him today before it's everlasting too late. If you don't have a home church, I'd love to invite you to come join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina.